Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to What The Bump. Today we are going to talk about conception tips and planning for pregnancy. So I kind of just made like 10 bullet points of just little tips if you're planning to get pregnant or trying to conceive, things that might help just to kind of increase your fertility and really plan out your pregnancy. We are going to jump right in to number one. And number one is if you are on the pill, meaning the birth control pill to get off of the pill, that might sound a little bit obvious, but I think some people do kind of wait a little bit too long, um, to get off of the pill. So it might take your body a month, two months, even up to, you know, five or six months, depending on each person will be a little bit different, but to regulate itself after being on the pill to fully get your cycle back and just to help your body kind of just get used to not having the hormones of the birth control pill. It's truly different for everybody, but the first step to take if you are thinking about conceiving anytime soon is to get off of birth control. And in the meantime, you know, if you want to conceive in the next, you know, eight months, I would personally recommend getting off of the pill and then just using an alternative non-hormonal form of protection until you are completely ready just to kind of help your body regulate and still protect yourself from getting pregnant in the meantime. Number two is to take a prenatal vitamin daily. And I would definitely start taking this now or whenever you decide that you're thinking about trying, start taking a prenatal. I personally have taken a prenatal for like the past two years, not because I've been trying to get pregnant for the past two years, but just because it honestly is basically like a multivitamin, but even better. So I recommend you just start taking a prenatal vitamin when you start thinking about planning for pregnancy. Make sure it has at least 400 micrograms of folate. And I always stress making sure it says folate on it, not folic acid. Folic acid is the synthesized version of folate and folate is obviously like the natural non-synthesized version. So make sure it has folate in it and vitamin A, vitamin D, iron, so omega-3s like DHA and EPA and vitamin B12. Those are definitely important to have in a prenatal and most of them will have it. You can just look at the label back and kind of read. You can compare a couple and see which ones, you know, are better. My favorites that I have tried are Ritual. And if you guys um, click on the link in the show notes of this podcast, it will take you to my website where I have a blog, this blog post posted or this podcast has a blog post, I guess you'd say. And um, I do write out everything I'm telling you. And then I do also link, um, you know, any products I mention or any sources that I use for the podcast. So I will put a link for the Ritual prenatal vitamin there. But they're about $35 a month. They come right to your doorstep. I took them and I did like them. Um, I will say though, it's just a little bit pricey. I mean, $35 a month is, is a lot for a prenatal in my opinion. So I did not try it for, you know, I think I took them for two months. Um, but a lot of people like them because especially in that first trimester, you're so sensitive to like taste and smells and all that stuff that a lot of issues that people would have with prenatals are when you burp, it kind of like would taste like fish because it has those omega three acids in it. And a lot of people like that would just make them vomit instantly. So ritual kind of, um, one thing that they really pride themselves on is that they like make them citrus flavored, I believe. So when you burp, it doesn't taste like fish. Um, that's what they say, but I'm not going to lie to you. I, I hated (laughs) the taste of them and you know, you just swallow them, but still I, 
I felt like if I burped or anything like that and I was so like nauseous and gagging when I was pregnant a little bit that um, I always tasted like really bad fish with the ritual prenatal vitamins. So I will be completely transparent with you. I did not like them because of that. And that's another reason why I stopped taking them besides the price. But other than that, I mean, if, if they don't do that to you, which I know so many people who say that they've never had a fishy burp on them or anything, they are a really high quality, really, really great prenatal vitamin. So I do like them because of the quality. Another one that I currently have been taking, and I might pronounce this wrong, but it's Active Organics, A-C-T-I-F Organic. And I buy it off of Amazon. Again, I will link that on the blog post for this podcast on my site, but it comes out to like under $15 a month. So way, way, way more cost effective. They come in like a 90 capsule bottle. So it's like a three month supply. I put mine on auto ship with Amazon to send me them every three months. That also saves you a couple dollars. And I do really like that one. It's just like a little tiny pink pill. Never have had any like gross perps with them whatsoever. And it is still a very high quality probiotic. A little side note too, if you go back to episode five of What the Bump, I did a podcast on prenatal nutrition and supplementation. That is a really good podcast to go listen to in conjunction with this, um, you know, conception tip podcast, because I do talk a lot about good prenatal nutrition and supplementation in that episode five podcast. The third point or tip that we're going to talk about is going to be to limit your caffeine. And this is definitely the hardest and the worst one in my opinion. I definitely struggled with this one, especially when I got pregnant. Um, You don't have to say goodbye to coffee and caffeine and go totally cold turkey on it. But excess caffeine during pregnancy has been linked to a higher miscarriage rate and is known to be harmful for a pregnancy. So they do try to tell you to limit your caffeine to 100 to 200 milligrams per day. And that can easily be you know, a cup of coffee. And, you know, most of us aren't drinking one cup of coffee, like eight ounces of coffee. We're drinking more like actually two cups. It might be in one cup, but it's definitely more than eight ounces. So a general rule of thumb is just to try to have your morning coffee and kind of avoid caffeine beyond that. If you're taking any energy drinks, pre-workouts, even some herbs and teas and things like that will have coffee. So coffee, caffeine. So you definitely have to watch out for some hidden caffeine and other things that you're, you know, eating and drinking day to day. But you definitely want to start limiting your caffeine now. Do this during that preconception period and planning for pregnancy period. Just so that way, you know, if you do get pregnant, you don't have to, you know, go cold turkey and cut down your caffeine super significantly. You don't want to go through those caffeine with withdrawal where you get the headaches some people get really nauseous really tired throughout the day so I would say if you're planning for pregnancy to start just kind of slowly decreasing it maybe you know skip your pre-workout or your midday energy drink things like that opt for um, some caffeine free tea that's always really good and just kind of try to start limiting your caffeine now The fourth tip that I'm going to talk about is workout, exercise, and focusing on your health. So you really want to start getting active and staying active. Make it a habit now before you get pregnant because once you're pregnant, you do get really tired. There are going to be so many days where you just don't feel like moving your body. So it's really good to try to intentionally move your body for an hour every single day. If you aren't working out at the gym or you're not into working out at the gym, aim for just getting 10,000 steps a day. That's a really good target. It does require intentionality and a good amount of just like going for spontaneous walks throughout the day 10,000 steps is not easy to hit especially if you're somebody who kind of works from home or stay-at-home mom or anything like that another thing if you are overweight try to reach a healthy weight and I know you know if you're planning on getting pregnant very soon that might be a little bit hard because you might be in a kind of a time crunch but it is good to start kind of increasing that exercise a little bit eating a little bit healthier 
Decreasing your weight or reaching a healthy weight will help decrease your risk of developing gestational diabetes and a lot of other complications during your pregnancy. Also, maintaining a healthy weight will help to increase your fertility. So that's definitely very, very important. Just to make exercise a habit, and if you are planning on getting pregnant, try to reach a healthy weight if you're a little bit overweight to help with any pregnancy complications. Again, another podcast that kind of correlates with this, there are a few that really tie into this um, planning for pregnancy podcast, but episode 14 of What the Bump, I did do an entire podcast on exercise during pregnancy. So I talked about, you know, what's safe exercise, what's not safe exercise, and kind of how to exercise throughout your pregnancy. So definitely go listen to episode 14. Tip number five is to eat enough food and focus on whole foods. So the best way really for me to simplify this and make it understandable is basically through telling you a story. So I'm talking about eating enough food and focusing on whole foods. I don't think I've ever really discussed this on the podcast much, but I used to have a semi pretty severe eating disorder combined with an over exercise obsession. I was not eating enough and I was working out way more than enough. My body was in a big caloric deficit. So basically when you do that, your body shuts off any non-essential function. And basically my body was just so limited on energy that it took all the calories, which is the energy that I had. And it gave it to fuel my brain, my organs, my digestion functions that I actually could not survive without. And this is often called starvation mode where your body literally is starving. So it kind of shuts off anything that is not essential for you to live. And guess what is not essential for you to live? Your period and ovulation are not considered essential to your body when you're in starvation mode. So I did not get a period for literally three years. And it was literally because I was not eating enough and I was exercising too much. So, you know, my body was like, okay, no period for you because we don't have the energy or the calories to spend on it. It took me over a year of being in a caloric surplus with very little exercise, restoring basically all my weight loss and lots of physical healing to completely regain my cycle, my ovulation and my period back. Your body is smart and it goes back to like those natural instincts of evolution where, you know, if your body thinks that there's a famine or there's not food out there or there's not resources or it's just not an optimal time to have a baby, to take care of a baby, maybe the baby will not do good in the conditions of the world right now. Your body, those natural deep instincts will tell your body, okay, well then, you know, we we don't want to get pregnant. We can't get pregnant. There's not enough food out there to feed mom. There, There won't be enough food for a baby. So let's stop ovulation. And that's literally what happens. It your body's smart and it just stops ovulating because of that. So make sure you're eating enough food and focusing on whole foods. It's definitely not the time to go on a diet or to change up, you know, the foods that you're eating drastically, like going keto or low carb or anything like that. Eat enough food, focus on eating whole foods and you will be just fine. Number six, if you are planning to get pregnant, this will save you some time. It's paying attention to the timing of sex. If you're trying to get pregnant like ASAP, Try to track your cycles if you've not already. I use the Flow app and I really like it. It's free. You just literally track your menstrual cycle like when it starts and ends and it kind of predicts ovulation. It does need a few, maybe even like two to three cycles in there to more accurately track ovulation. You can also look up basal body temperature charting. If this is something you guys are interested in, I will do a podcast. Just let me know. But basal body temperature charting is basically where you take your temperature with a basal thermometer first thing in the morning, like literally before you get out of bed, before you even sit up in bed, like they tell you not to move and just to take your temperature. You often see a temperature spike after ovulation that stays elevated. Honestly, I'm not ex- Honestly, I'm not exactly sure if it stays elevated for insanely long or if it's until the end, I don't know, but it stays elevated for quite some time and it helps you predict your monthly ovulation. So, 
you know, you take your temperature, you see the spike. And then after you do that a few times, it, it lets you know that you ovulated right before that temperature spike. So it does help you predict that ovulation. Now, like I said, I just use the flow app. I pay attention to changes in cervical mucus. That can also be another thing that will help. It definitely becomes very sticky and like, this might sound really gross, but an egg white consistency during ovulation. A lot of women can tell when they ovulate because of that cervical mucus change. And you probably can too. If you don't know, you can, you just probably haven't been paying attention. So pay attention to your cervical mucus on the times that you ovulate and you will probably know when you ovulate. They recommend that you start having sex five days before ovulation, the day of ovulation, and then the two days after ovulation. And my way basically to simplify is just to, if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, next month, have sex every other day for the whole month. And odds are you're going to fall somewhere within that fertile ovulation window if you just do it that way. Number seven is to avoid lubricants. I don't really know how much this plays a role or I really didn't look up like studies as far as, you know, I don't even know how they would really study it, but studies as far as, you know, how much this really affects fertility. But I have, you know, heard and do know that some water-based lubricants can make it difficult for sperm to travel, especially travel up through the cervix. So if you can, I would just avoid using all lubricants and just let your body do its natural thing. Number eight is to quit any bad habits ASAP. Bad habits meaning, you know, if you're smoking, if you're drinking, if you're doing any drugs, obviously, please kick those to the curb ASAP. Even very early in pregnancy, they can cause birth defects and fetal issues. Alcohol can mess with your fertility and your ovulation, as well as alcohol does decrease the sperm count in men. So if you are planning to get pregnant, I would go ahead and make it a habit to just stop drinking now. Alcohol does nothing to aid in your fertility. It does nothing to aid in pregnancy planning. So I would go ahead and just kick that to the curb as well. Skip the drinks if you're out for dinner, you know, have water, have anything else, but definitely avoid the alcohol. And even, you know, if you've been trying for a little while and you're finding it difficult and, you know, your your husband or um, significant other drinks a lot, I would definitely suggest that they stop drinking for a little bit and see if that helps um, helps your pregnancy planning as well. The next tip is going to be to avoid toxins, even in basic medications. So avoiding toxins, I recommend avoiding acetaminophen, which is also known as Tylenol in all cases possible. Truly, you should schedule a preconception visit with whatever physician you're going to be following, make an appointment with them to go over all the medications you're currently taking. If you're taking anything besides a prenatal like a probiotic and a fish oil. I would definitely do some heavy research, talk to your provider, make sure it is safe during pregnancy. Some providers might tell you that Tylenol is safe during pregnancy. I did record a podcast, episode 17, talking about toxins during pregnancy. And I really, really, really went in on acetaminophen and Tylenol use during pregnancy. Like I said, some doctors will tell you it's fine. Um, Research definitely heavily backs the fact that it is probably not the safest thing for you to be taking during pregnancy. So go for sure. This is a must along with this podcast. Listen to episode 17. It's toxins you need to know, or I'm sorry. Wow. Toxins you need to avoid during pregnancy. And that will definitely tell you more about toxins during pregnancy. But if you're taking anything besides prenatal probiotic and fish oil, do your research, talk to your provider and make sure that it is safe during pregnancy. The last preconception tip and pregnancy planning tip is going to be about sleep. You want to aim for eight hours of sleep a night. Women who lacked in sleep and getting enough sleep have been proven to have irregular cycles and complicated ovulation. You don't want complicated ovulation when you're trying to plan a pregnancy. So 
sleep eight hours a night. Stay off your phone for two hours before bedtime. Invest in blue light glasses. I love Zenny Optical. Um, I have got my blue light glasses from there. They're so cute. I even embroidered like my initials on the side of them. Again, if you guys go to the show notes and click the link, it will take you to my website and I will link these products. Not a single tiny ounce of this is sponsored. It's literally things that I've paid for and tried and Trust me, I have nobody wanting to sponsor me. <laughs> but um, I got mine from Zenny Optical. I think they were like only 20 Like they were definitely between 20 and $30. So super, super cheap. Um, and you can put your prescriptions in them and everything like that. They have like hundreds of different designs, styles, colors. Um, you can add the blue light. You can not add the blue light. You can do the prescriptions. But I do love my blue light. I don't have prescription glasses or anything like that. So I just added the blue light over there just plain like not non-prescribed lens and I love them. I work night shift. So getting this eight hours of sleep is not something that I'm good at. And I do wear these glasses all night long just to kind of help, you know, my brain and my body adjust a little bit better to working nights. I'm coming off night shift in a month and I'm so excited because if you are on night shift, here's a bonus tip. Try to get off night shift. (laughs) Even if you love it, your body does not. I don't care what you think. I don't care how good you think you feel. I promise you, your internal body does not like night shift. (laughs) And that is really all of my tips for conception and pregnancy planning. Like I said, go back and listen to a couple of those episodes that I've previously recorded that really tie into this. It was episode five on prenatal nutrition and supplementation, episode 14 on exercise during pregnancy, and episode 17, toxins you need to avoid during pregnancy. Those will all definitely really help kind of coincide with this podcast, give you a little bit more tips and tricks to go along with planning your pregnancy. But I really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you have any other questions or even tips that have worked well for you, please let me know. Head over to my Instagram. It's at what the bump podcast on Instagram. And you can find so many resources over there, posts about podcasts that I'm making. I try, I'm trying to be more active on my story in my bio over there on Instagram. I also have linked my website, the link if you want to be on the podcast. I would love for you to be on the podcast if you want to talk to me about your birth story or anything like that and just tons of good resources over there. So if you have not, please go check that out and follow me. But I love recording this podcast for you guys and I will see you soon. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week to talk more about The Bump. And of course, I know you all probably know this, but I have to add it in. I make every effort to broadcast correct information through this podcast, but I am still learning so much. So I am in no way providing medical advice through this podcast, just sharing the things that myself and others have experienced or learned. Make sure to consult your physician before taking anything from this podcast and changing your health. This applies to any guests or contributors that I also have on this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you next week.